1: Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Spin Right, the Athletic Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice and we are here talking about your slumping, mediocre, injured Toronto Blue Jays. They're all of the above. And this is the Sunday episode of this show in which we kind of go over what's been going on the last couple days, the last week. Look ahead, really like get into the meat and potatoes of what is going on with your Toronto Blue Jays. And I can't do that alone. There is no better person to talk about meat and potatoes, even though they do not ingest meat anymore. As we were talking about before we started to re- to record, uh, she covers the Blue Jays for the Athletic. Co-host Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, thank you so much for taking the time to join us every. You do as you do every Sunday.
2: Thanks for having me again.
1: You're not a guest. You're this is your show. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to thank you for coming. You. <laughs> this is your job now.
2: <laughs> Thanks for showing up for your job.
1: Thanks for doing the thing that you agreed in writing to do with your boss. Yes. So, your Toronto Blue Jays. Well, they're not your Toronto Blue Jays, they're the Toronto Blue Jays. It's a bit of a rough weekend, losing three of four to Kansas City. Although there was one of those games was rained out, so it was two seven-inning games. But uh lots to lots to unpack about your Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, they had a decent start to the week, winning two of three from the slumping, terrible, disgraceful should be relegated from the league Yankees. But I think you know, at the front of our mind, maybe the thing we want to talk about off the top is uh, maybe let's start with something that's a bit more positive. And now I don't know that I would necessarily say that today's Robbie Ray start was a positive one. It was definitely like the full and complete Robbie Ray experience. But what I think it, it is, and the reason I want to start there is, while it wasn't a great start, the Blue Jays starting pitching and the pitching in general, despite being ravaged with injuries, despite not necessarily matching up in the most 2021 fashion. Um, they've done pretty well. The starting pitching has been pretty good. Robbie Ray, for all of his struggles, I think he would he walked six guys to, uh, here on Sunday, didn't give up any runs. Went through five full innings, didn't give up any runs. Struck out, I don't know, five or six again. Three. Like, well, that's only three. So he looked at like awful at times, but at the same time was able to get what he needed. Didn't really get hit hard at all. It was very much a full Robbie Ray start coming off the, his start against um, the Yankees at the beginning of the week where uh, similar sort of situation. I think he gave up a home run to uh, Kyle Higashioka, uh, but again, pitched pretty well, which is you could kind of say that of the entire start of the rotation for most of this time, wouldn't, would you say that the, the, the rotation has been pretty good?
2: Yeah. Like the guys that we thought were going to be mainstays of the rotation have been, really good for the Blue Jays. Um, And to some extent, the guys that have filled in have been um, fine enough. Um, There's been some sort of mediocre starts and less good starts. Um, But that's kind of what you can generally expect when you're asking guys who were supposed to be your depth, you know, six, seven, eight starters to fill in in your starting rotation. But of course, Steven Matz is off to a really good start to his season. He looks like, the Stephen Matts of old where I know he's kind of had an up and down career, but I, wherever, whatever season he was good in. And, um, it was a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he's just, he's looked really solid. He looks really confident out there. And I think, I don't know how much, um, we want to put into the change of scenery, but certainly maybe it helped, um, having new voices, talking to him and and maybe reassuring him and, and giving him different ways in which he can approach batters. And so, yeah, Stephen Mats has been definitely one of the um, better storylines, I guess, to start the year in in terms of pitching. Um, Yeah, you sort of laid it out with Ray. I think a positive with Ray today was especially that it was a hitless – or sorry, it was a scoreless outing. Um, And, you know, in the past with Robbie Ray, he could have let things like six walks really spiral for him and let things get really bad. But it looks like he's really kind of strengthened that – um, mental approach for him on the mound. And he was really able to sort of grind through. And even though he didn't, he knew he didn't have his best stuff by at least like the fourth or fifth inning, he'd kind of worked out what was going wrong with him. He was, you know, he was talking about how his, you know, delivery wasn't quite feeling totally right. Um, but by the fourth or fifth inning, he sort of figured it out and yeah, like he just totally grinded through it. And that's something that is good to see because, um, Former Robbie Ray could have let a kind of outing like that really spiral. Um, and obviously Hyunjin Ryu has been great. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what he needs to be. Um, he's one thing that's really encouraging about Hyunjin Ryu is that, um, he's just off to a really great start. And I think last year he got off to kind of a slower start and it's just really great to, um, see that there doesn't seem to be early on any sort of impacts of how weird last season was with him. Like, um, the shorter season, not really having his regular routine. Like it really just seems like he's back to like vintage Hanjin Ryu. And it's also good in a way that the blue Jays have actually found now two times to get him extra rest. And that's going to be something that they're going to be doing throughout the season as much as they possibly can. Um, he likes pitching with extra rest and it won't happen every time. Like he, he's going to need to pitch. um, on four days rest um, when it has to happen. But certainly if they can manage it, he'll be the guy that prioritizes the extra rest.
1: I think that, that you made a good point about Robbie. Like Robbie Ray and Stephen Matz have both pitched well. And Hyunjin Ryu has been sort of the – We've assumed he's been what he was assumed to be. I think that, that while I can say, yeah, the Blue Jays starting rotation pitched pretty well in that it hasn't been like a complete disaster. Uh, obviously, uh, Tanner Rourke had the one like blow up start in Texas. But uh, are you I'm feeling like also the maybe the numbers are a little bit skewed because the Blue Jays have pitched very few innings. Of all the teams to have not like missed a bunch of games due to COVID, they're among the fewest innings pitched by starting rotation. Um, you know, we've, they've been sort of getting away with some some TJ Zoic stuff. I, I mean, Anthony K started. I don't know what if you have any if you if you were watching that that start closely, but I mean, I, I'm pretty hopeful that Anthony K would get another chance to go because I think he pitched. His line wasn't great, but I think he pitched okay. The Blue Jays defense. Uh, on Thursday night's Thursday night's game really let him down.
2: Yeah. And with Kay, you have to keep in mind that he, it was a tough spot for him to come into because he had a little bit of notice that he would potentially be starting. Um, and I think he knew he was starting that morning because obviously Ross stripling couldn't go the day before. And then it pushed um, TJ Zoic up. And so they needed him. So he had enough time to prepare it. It wasn't that, but just understand that like he was coming from the alternate site and when you're at the alternate site, it's not the equivalent of being at like triple A level. Like you're, they're playing games, they're playing against each other. And, um, he mentioned also that they were playing against other teams. Like, uh, I think he, the race and um, the Miami and Marlins alternate sites had played them. So they had faced other teams, but it's just, it's not the same environment. And so sort of understandable that he might be a little bit rusty or he might mm-hmm. be sort of, um, you know, kind of had to adjust to that adrenaline rush of actually being in a major league game again. And I thought that as he pitched, he looked better. Um, and I think you're right. Like the, he, he pitched certainly better than his line suggested Um and I think he will get another chance just the way that it has to line up. Like, I think they're gonna, they, they have, I haven't written it down yet and figured it all out. And like, I'm, I always have to write all this stuff down because I can't conceptualize it in my brain. I have to have like a calendar and I have to mm-hmm. paper and I have to like, do, like, count out the days and figure it out. Um, but anyway, I think with the starting situation and the number of days off they have, they can configure it such that really the bulk of the starts will be with the three mats, Hanjin, Rio and Ray. And then they really have to just plug in, um, a start here or there, which would be like a bullpen day or a K day. I, I would think, and I asked Charlie this today after the game on Sunday. And I asked if K would be an option for Wednesday in Boston, and he said he would be he would be an option so mm-hmm. to
1: me it's crazy to me it's crazy that it's that it's an option I got all kinds of time for Anthony K. I I thought he looked pretty good. He's a guy that might struggle with his command sometimes. Um, I didn't think when I was watching the game on Thursday that he was wild um, in the zone. I think he left it, he missed with a couple sliders here and there, but his line would look entirely different, I think, with some better defense. Lourdes Griel had a couple adventures out there. Um, and then I think that was, that was the Kevin Bigio's. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the low, 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 low days of Cavanbijio over there <laughs> at third base. We'll be right back with more spin rate, but first,
0: check this out.
1: here's here's a question that i was contemplating this is a bit of a this is a bit of a jump we're kind okay. of jumping but i think this is a, this is a natural thing uh one of the things i wanted to bring up was that the Statcast, the baseball savant their infield um defensive numbers were updated for the first time or made public for the first time um this season and right now as of right now they have Kevin biggio as minus like, three runs below average or three or three outs below average at third base as a third baseman, the question I have for you, Caitlin, and everyone out there, and I kind of put it to a friend last night as well, but like, are the Blue Jays worse with Vlad Guerrero Jr. playing third base right now? Like, are they a worse team with Vlad at third than they are with Kevin Biggio or Joe Panic or to 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 a lesser extent uh, Santiago Espinal, who uh, did a great job defensively playing third base, but of course can't hit at all? So, do you think Caitlin McGrath that the wor- The Blue Jays are worse with Vlad at third than they are with anybody else over there.
2: I don't think that they would be worse, mm-hmm. and I would have to sort of go back and look at Vlad's numbers. I mean, when we, if we're talking about outs above average, I mean, when that was when Vlad was playing third full time in 2019, he was the worst ranked third baseman mm-hmm. based on outs above mm-hmm. average. So mm-hmm. um, here's – but I'm going to maybe disagree with you. I don't know actually if you want to move him or not, but I'm going to say leave Vlad at first base. Mm-hmm. I So if I am Vlad right now, I am off to a great start. I am comfortable. I am finally feeling comfortable in the major leagues. I am mm-hmm. hitting the best I've ever hit. I'm playing – pretty good defense at first base. I'm still mm-hmm. learning the position, but I'm feeling confident. Uh, I do not want to change a thing. Like that would be me. And I mm-hmm. don't know if Vlad is that into his routines. And is that, you know, like there are some players that are very superstitious. And if you were say a superstitious player and things were working for you, you may not want to switch things up and move. I think he could play third base. I just think, If you're the Blue Jays and you're the coaching staff, you've seen how Vlad's been playing, don't change it. Let him do what he's been doing.
1: I don't disagree, except that the the counterpoint to that, I would say, is he was the DH not just in the second game of the doubleheader on Saturday, but then again on Sunday. He was the DH. Two games in a row, which I found a little bit surprising. And I don't know if there's something else to that. I, if I had to guess why Vlad was DHing, I think it was because Charlie Montoyo thinks that maybe Rowdy Telez will would will his maybe his bat will come around a little bit with the opportunity to play first base. That's my guess. I'm thinking that if I'm the manager and I'm the kind of guy that believes this kind of stuff. I think I'm going to get Rowdy going by putting him at first base. Right now, Vlad is in the groove at the plate. Nothing's going to stop that rest. If he's playing the field, if he's not playing the field, you know, he looks like, well, as we've all talked about a thousand times, like he's, like, he looks right now like one of the 10 best hitters in the game. Rowdy Tillis is not. They put Rowdy in two games in a row, again, second game of the doubleheader, and then again on Sunday. I don't think that they are a worse team with Vlad playing third base. While Vlad uh, Jr. playing third base, in 2019 was the worst in in big leagues. That's true. A, he's a different guy now. He's a completely different guy. He's, he's uh, there's a great story in The Star this weekend about uh kind of an in-depth interview with the trainer, um, whose name I don't have in front of me, um, who worked with Vlad all winter and did all the work about talking about the the tightness in Vlad's hips and ankles, really working hard to, to get Vlad to be a lot more flexible, a lot more physical. And now you see him out there doing the splits and all that sort of stuff. So 2019 Vlad is not 2021 Vlad. But as, as luck would have it, Kevin Biggio currently ranks as the worst third baseman in baseball, according to outs above average. So they're not losing anything. Um, uh, I just, look, when you watch the games uh, over the weekend, the Blue Jays really, really, really struggled to score. They won those games against the Yankees. The Yankees are not in a good place right now. Their pitching is quite bad. Their offense is terrible. It's delightful. But the one game they won was basically, you know, just in the power of Bobby hitting two opposite field home runs. And then and over the weekend, other than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., they didn't score a lot. And then in particular on Sunday, they looked awful. And then when you look at the lineup, you realize that there are a lot of guys that aren't quite big league caliber hitters in the lineup because of the injuries. When your lineup goes, you know, when Kirk is hitting sixth, then you've got Jonathan, Jonathan Davis, uh, uh, Josh Palacios. You've got Joe Panic in there. Like, none of those guys can hit, right? Josh Palacios is a delightful story. But I, no, I am not convinced that he's a big league hitter i don't think that he looks the part personally i would love to be proven wrong he had four hits on saturday that are really like floating the boat right now in terms of his numbers that uh was that saturday thursday i don't know he had four hits one day oh it might have been against the yankees whenever it was he got four hits Wasn't and it's it like the angels oh the angels yeah so
2: right when he came up
1: Yeah, so he's got four hits and those are kind of like he's eating out on those still and he had a bunt single which was cool i love that but that's a lot of like holes in the lineup and then Biggio, of course, is who's who's uh, who's. If you watch him, he looks worse than his numbers are. You know, he's got he's drawn he's still a ton of walks uh, for whatever reason, and he's got a couple of home runs, so he's closer to the league average than I think. If you were just given the eyeball test, you would believe. But they need to score runs, and I don't know if if when someone when if it's Guriel or whoever is back, like there needs to be. An emphasis on scoring some more runs. So,
2: the so, so what would? So you're just then. What, how does this get back to Vlad at third base?
1: Because if you move Vlad to third base, then you don't have to worry about running panic out there. Maybe, no. maybe you can. Maybe you can then move Bizio to the outfield. Then you could play one of Jonathan Davis or or Josh Palacios. Or, or and then if and then if you've got uh, if you've got Kirk at DH, if you've got Teles at first base, you could maybe. I don't, I'm not sure what happened to Guriel. Uh, if he's just had a day off today or, or on mm-hmm. Sunday, but um, but like he he starting to look like he's coming around a little bit, doing the Guriel thing, like dragging a couple of singles through through holes and things like that, where you tend to think maybe that's he he could be kind of putting it together a little bit. But I think that you need to make an you 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 aren't losing anything by trying to figure out how else you can score, um, because I don't know that the, because they can't score right now because they haven't looked the part because because even even though there are players who are underperforming, some of the players are, we don't know even what their floor is, right? Joe panic was what I don't think, what is this like 85 weighted runs created plus or something last year, like a significantly below average hitter, right? Jonathan Davis. I was, you heard me on this podcast going like, I hope he goes out and steals somebody's (laughs) job. And he has not looked like that quite yet. Um, Again, I'm being a bummer on Palacios, but I don't know. I just love to see them score more.
2: Well, that problem might solve itself soon because I think we only have a few more games to go before we're going to get some offense injected or potential offense, I should say, injected into the lineup because I think George Springer and I think Teoscar Hernandez are pretty close to coming back. Now Teoscar has to finish the COVID-19 um, isolation period, which is 10 days, I believe. And so I think, I, I think he has to stay into isolation until like p- potentially might be the 22nd, I think would be 10 days, um, which would be right ahead of the next weekend series against Tampa. And I also think the blue Jays are targeting that Tampa series um for George Springer's return because yes, it's still a road trip, but obviously he's been in Dunedin. So it's a really close trip, obviously for him to just meet the team and in, in Tampa. Um, And then it's also not necessarily flying him out far. Um, If he can't make the Friday game, maybe he comes back on the Saturday game or whatever it may be, right? So and
1: it's indoors too. It's not out braving the elements in Boston for whatever that might be.
2: Yeah, also a good point. So um, the offense, yes, it has to obviously get better. Um, It's been yeah, it's been weird. I mean, you've seen all these guys kind of on these kind of streaky patterns to start. Um, You mentioned like Lourdes was like that. Um, I mean, Rowdy obviously got off to a really slow start. Now he's sort of stringing some hits together. You, I think you made a good point about maybe um, them wanting to keep him in the lineup and keep him at first base to sort of, I don't know, boost the ego, reward him for getting a few hits and whatever it may be. You know, and also just to go back to the Vlad thing, I mean – they mentioned the potential for Vlad to play at third base. Like when when we heard that Biggio had injured his hand, obviously it's not a serious thing, just a day-to-day thing. The options on the table included Vlad could play third base, and then they didn't do it, obviously. They didn't play him at third base in any of those games. I, I wonder if it's to do with the fact that they don't want to – Disrupt whatever's working with him. Um, I it'll be interesting to see what happens in Boston if Vigio's still out and they could potentially put that at third if they don't again. Kind of suggests to me that they're really not in a rush um to play him at third base. They kind of want to keep saying it's on the table and keep saying it's an option. Um, but I don't know.
1: <sighs> Can we talk about poor Kevin Vigio?
2: You have more points to make about Pujols.
1: My my guy had a rough weekend, and I just don't know what it means. If it, I don't know what it means if it means anything. If 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 there is anything to be taken from that, are we going to see them continue to run him out there at third base? So, um, in addition to maybe some early season question marks about his arm, you know, he really had some some tough misplays. The one where he took it off the finger kind of went through his glove and then he and then he and then he came in as a pinch runner <laughs> got thrown out and he's just like uh it's really it's been a tough weekend and again he's he's not like unplayable obviously at any position and and in some ways his 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 blessing is a curse too his ability to play a bunch of positions <laughs> um uh you know means that he can put himself into into places where he's he might be in a, you know, his his weaknesses get exposed, and and that's kind of happened at third base a little bit. I I think I don't know if he's if I've if I've overstated his ability or his his struggles at third base, but I don't think that it's time to like get the to to start suggesting that he's out of job or anything like that quite yet, but. I just, he, he had a rough weekend. And I, and I, and I think that it's, it's, if nothing else, it's worth at least acknowledging that it was a rough weekend. And then the, and then he definitely, you know, if his fingers are still bothering him, didn't really play Saturday and then didn't play again on Sunday. So it's tough, you know, and one thing that it does do when, when you have those situations, when you have such a short bench as the Blue Jays do, that if a guy is, is just not available and has the day off, there's nothing left. There's nobody left on the bench. At one point, Saturday, they're double switching and they're double mm-hmm. switching Danny Jansen in and Espinal and whatever else. It's, uh, it really puts them into a, it paints them into a corner. A, because they need so many pitchers on the staff because they don't, they have got so many injuries and then nobody's really like a real innings pig. And then B, uh, when, when things are struggling, there's not a lot of levers for Charlie, uh, Charlie Montoya to pull. There's only so many guys you can turn to and say, Hey, can you help us out here? Cause with one of them's down, you're kind of out of luck.
2: Yeah, and I mean that's the case in the the bullpen right now too. I mean, th- there was a couple days there where David Phelps, um, if you remember, I th- I want to say it was the Tuesday game, um, where actually a lot went wrong in that Tuesday game, if you remember. Like uh Julian Merriweather didn't look right. Obviously comes out that he was injured um mm-hmm. after Jordan Romano didn't look right. Two days or three days later, it comes out that he's injured. David Phelps took a rocket to the back from, I think, Clint (laughs) Fraser. (laughs) And he was day-to-day. And so there was a point where David Phelps was day-to-day because he's just got this contusion, right? So it's not necessarily an IL stint kind of injury. But the more you just say he's day-to-day, you can't call someone else up and he can't go. And so it's like having, you know, the Blue Jays always want to have as many pitchers as available as possible in their bullpen. They're always a team that's going to have like eight or nine or Ten guys in their bullpen, um, and to have one guy not available, it was um, it was hurting them. Like he now he can pitch, so it's fine. But um, mm-hmm.
1: so you you've done my work for me here, and you brought us to the thing that I I was worried I didn't want us to end up spending was, too much time talking about. But what?
2: I, I was going to say I've been practicing my segways to be as good as you.
1: <laughs> well, look, it's not my first time. Uh, it takes it takes time to get to be uh, as corny as I am to live and breathe like a, an entire cob of corn. But Charlie Montoya made some really strange choices on Sunday. So we talked about a little bit off the top. We talked about Robbie Ray's wild start. But in the end, there he was, five through five, zero runs allowed. Blue Jays in a scoreless tie. Not a bad place to be. Tim Meza gets the call, comes in, did the job, did the thing. Okay, (laughs) here we go seventh inning bottom of the seventh 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 inning stretches over got a clean slate got the heart of the Royals order coming up in a tie game and you are Charlie Montoyo and you say bring me TJ Zoich which was an odd choice TJ Zoich um has utility as a big leaguer he and I think he showed that big that that utility in some of those uh outings he made he's made against the Yankees so far where it's like just sort of survive. Maybe Aaron Judds hits one 5, 480 feet. It's fine. Don't unclutter the bases. You know, you pitch in a lower lever situation. Maybe you're you're pitching the third to the fifth or the fourth to the sixth inning or something like that. I found that a very strange time to go to TJ Zoic. And I would love to know maybe if this was something that people were asking Charlie about in the post game because you mentioned you were there. Because then he proceeded to get absolutely rocked for Probably four pitches in a row. It was just like laser, 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 laser. Gives up a bullet to Carlos Santana, and then he gives up a bomb to Salvador Perez, and then uh, Jorge Soler hits another bullet. Like I swear, this was four pitches apart. And and then he sort of calmed him down, and and he sort of got out of it. a little. Well, he didn't get out of it. They called on Tanner Roark to come in and shut the door. And. God, it worked, but I don't know. <laughs> why don't you tell me, was there any insight from Charlie Montoya in the postgame in terms of why he went to these guys? What was wrong with Ryan Baraki? What was wrong with David Phelps? Was there anything that you can remember that came out of these kinds of conversations?
2: I don't think it came up.
1: What? What, <laughs> what the fuck are
2: you people doing
1: on these stupid Zoom calls?
2: Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. i I am... <sighs> You know, today I was working on a story that is going to be up on the morning and it has nothing to do with these games. Necess- well, I mm. mean, tangential. It, it's, it's linked <laughs> these, to the...
1: These stupid games that these men play, I don't care about that. I I'm mean, here to tell stories. It's, <laughs>
2: it's about a player that was in the game and it's, it's certainly um, <laughs> about the Blue Jays. But it just <laughs> it wasn't that game focused. So I, I was on the Zoom call mm-hmm. and um, it, I don't... I don't think it came up. We talked about Ray and um my gosh, I think the answer would be I don't know if there was any other anyone else available maybe. Like it was even weird to see Zoic in the bullpen. I didn't even know that he was in the bullpen. Like that was I mean, he was only starting a handful of days ago. And I if I had to guess, it would be that they may have been saving for later because they really don't have a closer at all so if they were to take a lead at any point they would have needed an arm like his to be in the ninth inning um but that's just me guessing because he was definitely like up and walking around and I don't know I mean Baraki probably can go two days in a row right like he pitched that would be – did he pitch on he – faced,
1: he, he faced three batters on Saturday.
2: Yeah, so that would be the other question that if I had been uh, realizing that this was going to come up on the pod that I would have asked Charlie. Um, fair, fair.
1: He, but, threw ni- he threw nine pitches on Saturday, he faced three batters.
2: Yeah, so – I don't know. I mean, now I'm tempted to go listen back to the Zoom and see if he said anything. But it's it's usually I'm pretty I have a pretty good memory and I don't remember this really coming up.
1: It's fair, and I, I tease obviously, and maybe I probably wouldn't have asked that question as well unless I had a column to write, which is the whole the whole construct that we're working with in a lot of ways here. It was a very puzzling choice. In a way, in a way, I don't think TJ Zoik is would be the worst. Well, maybe not. I think the fact that Robbie Ray was facing the Royals. Worked in his advantage. The, the Royals are pretty good. They've got some pretty good players. Obviously, Salvador Perez had a great weekend. Hit that huge home run on Sunday. Hit hit the walk-off home run on Saturday. Salvador Perez is among the more likable players in the entire game. He's great. He's huge. He seems to have a good time. Everybody seems to love him. I think he's going to... It looks like he's could end up finishing his career as a member of the Royals, which is awesome. He's a good player. He'll swing at fucking anything. Anything. So when Robbie Ray or not not even Robbie Ray when TJ Zaik throws him like a thigh high sinker on the inside half first pitch oh just like it, it's such a I don't begrudge I guess I don't begrudge the idea of bringing him in and 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 I think that the Royals that are a free, pretty free-swinging team other than Carlos Santana you could help you you can help let the Royals get themselves out in a ways there's a lot of guys on that team that are like not super great hitters um but Zoik just could not locate anything, and he left that just through that brutal pitch to, to Perez. Uh, and and I, what I was thinking was, in some ways, it might have been worked to raise advantage that he was playing the Ray Royals because they could help him when he wasn't able to throw anything over the plate. But and then the the choice to go to Roark in a high leverage situation with men on base. Here's this guy who again his value is as an innings eater. His value is getting new innings when the, because there he's gonna go out there maybe get his brains beat in a little bit but man just a odd odd choice and you can't measure manage every game like it's the seventh game of the World Series but I think a zero zero like a scoreless game sneak out of there with a split maybe that's a game to put the, the foot on the accelerator a little bit if I'm if I'm Monday morning quarterbacking that might be my perspective on that.
2: You know, Tanner work has a zero ERA as a reliever.
1: It's hard to argue with that. So. It's hard to argue. <laughs> uh, hey, if he can come in there and be like a real change of pace out of the bullpen, almost like a little, almost like a little knuckleballer, that could be all right.
2: Like a Tommy Malone. Look at how he was throwing the other day.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you know, the 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 bullpen, the 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 stat one is up on the up on the board uh, during the game today. The Blue Jays have the best bullpen ERA yeah. in the game.
2: Which, Which is, is wild. Crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And actually, like, it's getting, I, I wrote, I remember looking that up a few days ago because I mentioned it in something that I wrote. And at the point, that point, they were the third best. It was all very close, though, at the top, right? I think the Yankees were mm-hmm. still one of the better bullpens. And obviously they had a bad series this weekend. Um, I can't remember who is else up there. Mm, Cleveland? I don't know. I can't remember. But, um, but yeah, no, the Blue Jays bullpen has been really good and like under the radar good because There's been a lot of guys that have been injured. Like, think of who we thought were going to be the the top arms. Like, Romano, obviously his injury um, just happened this past week. But um, even before that, he kind of looked shaky. He didn't quite look totally himself. Um, Julian Merriweather was obviously the star of the first week of the season. And he's probably going to be out for a while. And Chatwood was supposed to be, like, another guy that's supposed to, like, hold things down for you. But then you've got really good performances. Like, Ryan Baraki, I mean – um, he has completely transformed himself into an elite reliever. I mean, maybe it's a little, I guess, more sample size here, but everything that he showed last year, other than like, Last year, his only issue was walking too many guys, and I haven't looked up his stats, but just anecdotally, I don't remember him walking very many guys this year. He's thrown he's thrown the ball better. He's thrown a lot more strikes. Tim Mesa's bit looked really good. Done exactly what you needed Tim Mesa to do. Um, David Phelps has looked good this year. Obviously, getting hit in the back wasn't really his fault, and um, but he seems to be fine from that. And then some of the waiver wire guys, um, Joel Piamps and um, Anthony Castro. They looked really good as well. So, the Blue Jays. I mean, look. I'm like I will. um, I I will criticize the team when I need to, but I I think the Blue Jays, in the time that I've covered them, they've actually usually put up, put together a pretty decent bullpen.
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah. No. I think you're absolutely right. I think that when you look at the way that some of these guys have pitched, you know, even though Jordan Romano had when he was hurt, he didn't look look like himself, but he kind of got out of there without any real damage same yeah. with julian merriweather right merriweather came in he pitched those i guess he pitched twice against the yankees was unhittable pitched it really well against somebody else came, came in was like only a little okay like he obviously didn't look like himself didn't wasn't quite throwing as hard but still kind of got away without allowing um he hasn't well, a lot didn't allow any runs to mazes look good um in, in the times that he's been out there david phelps uh same sort of thing like Guys who have uh, and, and Trent Thornton has has mm-hmm. looked good throwing oh, yeah. throwing more innings than a lot of those guys. Even Dolis, right? Dolis was bad on, on on uh Saturday. He he was it was awful to watch him. He looked really, really it was everything bad about Rafael Dolis. He was walking the ballpark, had no clue where he was going, but then he got that really key double play, the Santiago Espinal tagged third and then threw to second to, to get a fourth when the bases were loaded, or first and second, whatever the situation was. First and second, and uh, you know, really big double play that kind of bailed Dolis out. So mm-hmm. he's looked bad, but hasn't the numbers haven't been bad? And and that goes that helps, right? If you're trying to if you're trying to figure out why you're uh, how it is that your bullpen is 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 leading the league in in ERA when they have been through a lot of guys and there have been a few rough outings. And again, for, as a reliever, TJ Zoek's numbers are like really, really, really bad. But um at the same time, you can't help but, but apply what they've got. And then if the news on Romano was pretty good, um, the news on, uh, what was it? Hatches, Chatwood. Chatwood Chat- is pretty Wooded. good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Thank you. Uh, that's good. So they got guys on the way back. So it's always going to be a thing. They're going to run through a lot of these guys. All these guys are going to get run at different t- times in the season. So it's good to see them do- pitching well. Obviously, some questionable choices in a game that, Looked winnable, other than the fact the Blue Jays couldn't hit, and the Royals have some uh, some pretty good relievers back there. Even though I can't believe that Greg Holland is making it work. I mean, I get it when it was '97 and he was doing that weird like step over to first base thing, and but at '92, '93, '94, it's a little surprising that it works. But the Blue Jays don't aren't putting up a lot of uh, resistance to opposing pitchers right now. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors.
3: The Old Man and the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So, Caitlin, the week coming up, as we kind of touched on, an off day, the first real off day Uh, uh, of the season. Finally. After two rainouts, And then they go to Boston and then they go to Tampa Bay. After yeah. another off day.
2: It's a weird week. It's actually two weird weeks. Like, I don't know why the MLB scheduled it this way. <laughs> they jam-packed the Blue Jays' first stretch there with like 16 games. And then there's two off days each week in the next mm-hmm. two weeks. So there's four off days in the next two weeks, which is a lot in baseball.
1: Mm-hmm. And the following week, actually, is when they start some of the interleague plays. So I believe they play Washington. Mm-hmm. And then they play Atlanta. So that'll be interesting to test themselves against uh, against some some National League sides at home yes. though, so they won't lose the DH. So we won't have to worry about Vladimir Guerrero playing third base quite yet. Not worry, but <laughs> look forward to depending on your perspective. And as you said, you've got a story coming up about a player who was in uh, tangentially involved in the in the in the pajama games that the, that those the, the men were playing. Mm-hmm. What yes. else? Anything else that I don't? I, I know you don't like to be put on the spot, but is there anything that you'd like to talk or anything you'd like to offer? Well, what what, you got a chat coming up this week.
2: No, I don't have a chat coming up this week. Um, huh. Yeah, the story on Monday, I mean, people will be listening to this, so it'll be out. Hmm. It's about it's about Vlad.
3: Oh, that's exciting. So, He's good. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. And um, the stuff that's coming later in the week, I will, um, you know, have my weekly column out. It'll be coming out a day later, though, because of the off day and the Blue Jays sort of playing week starting. On Tuesday, um, and um, then we'll go from there. I don't know. Like, maybe if Springer, if Springer makes his way back, I'll have a Springer piece. We'll have to wait. That's sort of in wait-and-see mode for me. But, um, yeah, and I, I'm ac- actually, like, looking forward to the Blue Jays playing Boston because I'm very, very curious to watch this Boston team that is, like, currently running away with the American League East, which is kind of wild.
1: They did lose two games on Sunday, it, which uh, is a shame, I guess But they do look pretty good They've got one of the top offenses in baseball Which I don't think anybody would have, would be surprised to learn uh, Alex Verdugo uh, is swinging a good bet Is that true? These are last year's numbers What on earth am I looking at? Anyway, <laughs> they got good players I'm like, man, this guy's already worth two wins No, J.D. <laughs> Martinez is swinging out of his mind And Bogarts and Devers And Christian Arroyo Crazy Babyface Christian Arroyo, former Giants top prospect, uh, is uh, is is putting some some hits together. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with the with the with the rotation. I, I know that uh, Native Valdo went today uh, against um, what's his name, the guy with the chi- Le- Um So this maybe you'll get it. I know the Blue Jays get oh they get Eduardo Rodriguez and then Garrett Richards um, because the Red Sox have to play Monday the Patriots Day game. So here comes the pizza the greatest moment in American sporting history, which I believe was uh, 20. Oh my God. It wasn't that long ago. 19 years. Whatever. The great moment, the great here comes the pizza incident of Patriots Day. JD Drew. Do you remember? Have you Are you familiar with the here comes the pizza? No. Oh my God. Are you joking? <laughs> it's the, it's the best. I don't even need to describe it here. Other than Jerry Remy and Don Orsillo calling it's a miserable day. So the Patriots, the Red Sox play at 11.30 in the morning of the day oh, yeah. of the Boston yeah. Marathon. So some the guy goes over to, the fly ball goes over to shallow left field. Somebody's like get, trying to catch the ball. Garrett Anderson is the is the left fielder for the Angels. It's so long ago it was. Guy kind of gets in the way, says something to Garrett Anderson. For whatever reason, guy takes a full piece of pizza and throws it at another fan, hits him in the back, and then Don Ocilo. so then Jerry Remy, they come back from commercial. Jerry Remy does like a Telestrator bit on like, where they try to figure out like where the pizza came from and Don Cerrano was crying he's laughing so hard at this at like this whole sequence of events where like the guy gets hit with pizza and then they're laughing and then he realizes he got hit with pizza then it's like full mass whole breakout where these two guys from Boston are going to fight in the stands because one of them threw a piece of pizza at another it's truly the greatest sports highlight i've ever seen <laughs> in my life it's the funniest thing i watch it every single year and it makes me laugh every single time i've seen it so many times but If you're the Blue Jays, you're coming into Boston with them having played two games on Sunday and then an 11.30 game on Monday. No rest for them. The Blue Jays finally get their off day after having a raid on on Saturday, Sunday, Friday. So maybe the odds might fall a little bit more in the Blue Jays' favor as they try to string some runs together. And...
2: They have Hunjin Ryu going on Tuesday.
1: And they have Hunjin Ryu going on Tuesday and fingers crossed Anthony K going on Wednesday. <laughs> and then they play the Cursed Rays on the weekend, which I guess we'll probably see more left-handed guys between Stephen Matz and Robbie Ray, whoever else the is whole, out there. The
2: whole Blue Jays rotation is left-handed at this point, if you're, and the if whole, you're, if the you're including K, la- <laughs>
1: The whole batting lineup is right-handed. Did, did, did the, the Atkins and Shapiro <laughs> think that they were going to play against each other? Was this whole season <laughs> happening at the alternate site? I don't know. <laughs> But if you wanna hear all that, another thing, Caitlin, you wrote this week was that this week in baseball pictures, didn't you you were on that duty yeah. this week? If you wanna read that, if you wanna read her story on Vlad, if you wanna uh, read all of the columns, if you wanna read about the Red Sox, if you wanna read about the Yankees, misery, Lindsay Adler's the your your She's
2: the top misery.
1: Colonist. No one will be better to, to to channel that misery and find out why Mel- Yankees fans are melting down today. You want to go to athleticcom slash spinrate and subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. Let them know that we sent you. Help us out. Let us keep going, living in the style to which we have grown accustomed here. Um, so subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't. And subscribe to the podcast. So subscribe to Spin Rate. Caitlin and I do this every Sunday night where we get together and we talk about the week that was and the week that's coming up. Uh, If you heard this last week, I spoke to Ben Nicholson-Smith from Sportsnet. He and I had a great chat. He's a real pro. Good to talk to him. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever. Give us a rating. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Tell us, tell the people, the other people, what they might like, what they might get to listen to this show. We'd really appreciate it. I know that I do. Caitlin, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time away from writing your Vlad column. Did you already file? Are you done?
2: Oh, it's done.
1: Bless. So you're free and clear.
2: This podcast actually helps me file early on Sundays, which is good because then I can enjoy a few hours on my Sunday night to unwind. And luckily, um, I'll have an off day tomorrow. I mean, I'll still be working and I'm going to be writing, but it's Mm. not a huge amount of writing tomorrow because I already have most of it planned out. So anyway, um, uh, yeah. Read my Vlad story today. It's up.
1: I'm excited to read your Vlad story. Maybe I'll link to it in my Vlad newsletter that I write sometimes. It's been more often. I'm gonna try am I gonna try and write one tonight? Oh boy, I don't want to commit to that. But we'll see. But if I if you read Caitlin's Vlad Story, you can subscribe to my newsletter at fairservice.substack.com. All about Vlad all the time. So for Caitlin, my name is Drew and for so Caitlin and Drew and producer Cam, of course, we need to send a shout-out to Cam because we don't do that often enough. This has been Spin Rate. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time.